starring Keanu Reeves, Rachel Wise, and Shia LaBeouf. Welcome to, hey, did you ever see that movie? I'm your host, Des, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lynn. I don't believe in the devil. You should. He believes in you. And back again, the podcaster with a thousand potions, Mickey. You're that one that should go to hell, half-breed. <laughs> Today, we will be reviewing the 2005 supernatural film, Constantine, based on the comic written by Garth Ennis and Jamie Delano. Screenplay by Kevin Brodin, starring Keanu Reeves, Rachel Wise, and Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> As always, this movie won't contain spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it and come back and listen to the podcast. But before we get into it, oh let's God. run the trailer. I've seen hell blaze through these streets. I walk between two worlds, our world and the underworld. Would you like to give us a synopsis? Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> As a suicide survivor, demon hunter John Constantine has literally been to hell and back. 
He knows when he finally dies again, he's headed back to hell to be torn apart for all of eternity, unless he can earn his way into heaven. While helping a policewoman, Angela Dodson, look into her twin sister's suicide, Constantine discovers a plot to bring about hell on earth. Nice. <laughs> all right. And now it is time for Dez's four in one fun and fake facts, <laughs> where I will give you four true facts and one fake fact. And it will be up to my two co-hosts to try and figure out which fact is total bullshit. <sighs> Here we go. Number one. For the exorcism shot in the beginning of the movie, the prop department had to make Keanu's cigarette the size of a cigar to get it into the shot. Fun fact number two. The Spear of Destiny actually exists. Number three. Mel Gibson and Kevin Spacey were both considered for the role of John Valentine, or is it Constantine? <laughs> Number four, Keanu Reeves actually had a motorcycle built with a custom paint job depicting scenes from Constantine. Number five, the holy hand grenades were actually Christmas ornaments filled with water. Guys, Mickey. Which one do you think is fake? The cigarette. And Delin, which one do you think is fake? The motorcycle. Ah, a little redemption for Delin this week after being <laughs> such a dummy last week. Yes, <laughs> it is in fact the motorcycle, but uh, fun fact, Keanu Reeves is in fact a motorcycle enthusiast. It's one of his biggest loves. So I thought that one might fool you guys. Huh. But yes, they actually did. It was funny because when I saw the opening scene, knowing that the cigarette was gigantic, I'm like, that fucking cigarette looks gigantic. <laughs> um, and uh, for, as far as the budget goes, uh, it did have a budget of $100 million. And the box office gross was $230 million. So this movie was, really? in fact, a huge success. So I'm surprised it took so long for them to get around to uh, doing a sequel, which uh, they are doing, correct? Well, so here's the thing. They're, they're talking about a sequel. I think it's in pre-production. And the problem being was that um, lots of people did not like this movie because they were like, this isn't Constantine from the Hellraiser, uh, Hellblazer. <clears throat> is it Hellblazer or Hellraiser? I forget. Anyways, um, <clears throat> th this is not the guy from the comic. Like, right. it's the name. And it's, you know, you know, it's it's the basic idea, like, but for the most part, it didn't carry over as much from the comic as people wanted. You know, like a lot of people think if it's not like a line by line adaptation of a comic, it's not good enough, right? Similar to The Crow, right? I mean, The Crow was a lot closer to the comic for sure than... Mm. Then this was this pretty much goes off the rails. You know, they use Constantine, they use his general background. And that's, you know, like Papa Midnight was in the comics and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's pretty different, you know, mm. from from uh, what it was. But honestly, if you kind of just forget that it was a comic and just watch it as a movie, it's a fucking fantastic movie. Obviously, yeah. I'm spoiling already what I'm going to think about it. But right. It another one of those another one of those movies that maybe would have done better if they had just, you know, called it something else, changed a couple of names and just let it be it's almost like uh, the way I was looking in uh, True Romance, where it's like, just let's not label this as a uh, uh Tarantino, Tarantino right. movie. Let's just let it be its own thing. Yeah. But, yeah. I also heard that. Um, I also heard that. Nicholas Cage was originally supposed to play Constantine. Yes, which yes, he was. No, 
No, no, no. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, he was much younger at the time. Um, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I happy. Have, I have a hard time with Nicolas Cage sometimes. Like he almost he's like he like not to get off the thing of Constantine. No, no, but go like, ahead. I feel like Nicolas Cage overacts everything. Sure. sure. And you know, it's really stupid, but I saw this video <laughs> of <laughs> so stupid. It was like a TMZ video or something of Nicolas Cage and Vince Neil from Motley Crue. Oh God. Outside of this hotel in Las Vegas. And they are wasted. Like oh, they're yeah. like stupid wasted. And Nicholas Cage is going, Come on. Like he's screaming at Vince Neil because Vince Neil's like getting in a fight with this guy. It's like if I was them, I would be mortified that this video is out oh, there because like, I've seen it. You've seen it, so you know what I've I'm seen talking it. about. Yeah, but... they're like two boiled potatoes in front of the Luxor. Yes. It's like, yes, it's like, dude, really? Like, oh, so I, I don't know. Like, uh, so anyway. there are times when I appreciate his overacting. Yeah, like I liked him in Gone in sixty seconds, but I Me didn't too. like him in Ghost Rider. So yeah, yeah, I didn't either. And I liked him in Eight um, Millimeter. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Dude, and while we're talking about eight millimeter, I mean Peter Stomar is like, oh my god, yes. he's so good in eight millimeter. Yes, he's so yeah. good in everything, but eight millimeter he really is. Yeah, that's such that eight millimeter is such a brutal movie. I've seen it a couple of times. It's hard to watch. Yeah, it it really is. It's it's really great. But yeah, I'm with you on Nicolas Cage. He he's he's fine. But one more Nicolas he, Cage thing before we move on. Uh, so I heard he was gonna play Dracula in this movie Renfield, and I'm like. Oh no! This is this is not gonna be good. I was like, I don't like that. <clears throat> but I watched the trailer, and it looks amazing because he's really? playing it super campy, and that's the point. <laughs> like, okay. it looks really funny. It looks like a ton of fun, and I can't wait to see it. All right. Yeah, I, I like Valley Girl. Valley Girl, Nicholas Cage is for me. Oh, I'll yeah. take a, I'll take a young, a young, cool Nicholas yes, Cage. Yes, that was any his day. best role. I think. Yes, agreed. All right, let's do it. Are we getting into it? Let's get into it. I do want to give an honorable mention to uh, the actor, Matt Ryan, who continued playing Constantine both in a show and then he went on to play Constantine uh, in various DC shows uh, over the past couple of years. And he was fantastic. And he was very much like the John Constantine from the comics. So tip of the hat to him because he was and, fantastic. And Mickey, you've seen this before? I, You know, yes. I saw it once <clears throat> excuse me, like right around when it first came out and I didn't, watching it last night, I didn't remember most of it. Like I remember, okay, right. there were certain things I remember that I'll get to when we get to the part, but um, but for the most part, like I, I was like, I was watching it for the first time. Okay, yeah, I had never seen it before, so um, I, I was in like, a, there was a time when I was watching like Da Vinci Code and stuff and I was into uh -huh. this kind of thing and I remember yeah. I put this on and I watched the exorcism scene because yeah. I, I remembered seeing that scene, but that was it. So for whatever reason, I shut it off after that scene. And this would be my first time watching it. Okay. And Delaney, you've right. seen it. You've seen oh, it yeah. several times. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. All right. So our film begins with a quick text on screen explaining that the spear of destiny, the tip of the spear that pierced the side of Jesus Christ at his crucifixion, has been missing since the Second World War. In Mexico, several men are digging through rubble of a destroyed building. One of them, who's never named and is only known as the Scavenger, is played by Jesse Ramirez, but he finds a hole and inside is a package wrapped in a Nazi flag. As he unwraps it, the spear is uncovered. The man holds tightly to it and leaves the wrecked building just to be hit by a car. 
However, a symbol appears on his wrist and he gets up and runs away completely unharmed and completely destroying the car. I thought this was an interesting opening scene. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, fun fact, they took that Nazi flag and burned it as soon as the uh, as the as they had gotten the scene because they didn't want it to fall in the hands of like any neo-Nazis or anything. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Neo Neo-Nazis can be dangerous <clears throat> with a flag. <laughs> well, I don't think you need to be helping them out. No. But, you know, as long as they don't get their hands on the knife of the, the Ajante dagger or whatever it's called. <laughs> the spear of destiny, you fool. <laughs> what was that, the golden fool. child? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought the opening scene was great. I thought it was really cool. And you know what's funny? Like, you see these two poor Mexican guys, you know, and you feel bad for them. But I see the dogs. I'm like, somebody feed those fucking dogs. I know. That's the first thing I thought of, too. <laughs> I'm such a freaking, like, you know, a ah, human goes without food. I'm like, eh. Dog goes without food. I'm like, mm 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 -mm. Love doggy, good doggy. <laughs> it's like watching the videos of kids taking diggers, and then you see an animal get hurt. And you're like, no. My husband actually made a comment the other night because I was show I showed him that video that I sent you guys yesterday. Oh, I was laughing. And he's like, he's like, you are awful. He's like, <clears throat> why is it that you you watch a, a you know a video with an animal that's injured or hurt and you cry like a baby? And I go because it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely not, different because it's not a dirty little human. <laughs> <laughs> or it's not a, you know a dumb kid doing a stupid tiktok challenge or something um, you know i said it to one what kind of parents lets their kid shoot himself in the dick with a gun and films it oh my god <laughs> like this will be a great tiktok video <laughs> go ahead little johnny <laughs> his face he's like <laughs> give little johnny a hammer and get the camera out I know. oh my he'll god. do something right. sorry i went off the rails again it's okay. sorry it's all good <laughs> God. In Los Angeles, a woman is making tea for her daughter. When she opens the bedroom door, the daughter is up in the corner of the ceiling, upside down, and menacingly grinning and hissing at her. Sometime later, a cab arrives, and John Constantine, played by Keanu Reeves, goes inside. In the lobby, he is met by Father Hennessy, played by Pruitt Taylor Vince. He tells Constantine that as soon as he couldn't get the demon out of the girl himself, he called him. The girl is now tied to her bed, and after a brief introduction, Constantine attempts to get the demon out of the girl, but is unsuccessful. He demands a large mirror, and everyone wa watching scurries off to help him. Downstairs, Chaz Kramer, played by Sheila LaBeouf, is sitting in the taxi <laughs> practicing how he'd like to introduce himself like Constantine did to the demon. Constantine yells down at him to move the car. The mirror is positioned above the bed, which Constantine has moved to the window. He instructs the men holding the mirror to not look at it as he begins chanting while blocking the girl's eyes. One of the men ignores instructions, and his, hairs turn, his hair turns white immediately. Eventually, he's able to trick the demon into the mirror. The mirror is forced out the window, and the demon smashes with it. The demon is gone, and the girl now is free. So that's a pretty cool opening scene, if I say so. That was pretty awesome, and it's funny because I it reminded me a lot of, like, Exorcism of Emily Rose, like that scene. Yes. Um, for some reason, like, even though they creep me out, I love scenes like that. Yeah, my husband. My husband hates them. He was like, "What are we watching?" <laughs> I'm with your husband. Yeah, I fucking hate these movies. And, uh, oh, it's nice. And so when he was like, you know, when she's up on the the ceiling and she's like, he's like, "Whoa!" But then I I really I thought the mirror idea was really cool. And like I said, I didn't remember this movie at all. So I thought him bringing the mirror over the bed was freaking awesome. And then I like, even though you know the effects are a little outdated now. Yes. I think for the time they were awesome. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. talking almost twenty years now. Yeah. 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 When he comes in, he reminds me of um, the character that um, 
what's his name in Pulp Fiction plays uh, where he comes in where he comes in to clean up the mess for Travolta and um, oh the cleaner Harvey the cleaner he's like the cleaner like like when you can't get out a really stubborn demon you call him the cleaner (laughs) right comes in with a cigarette he's like all right I'm gonna need a couple of suitcases and don't let me get in that fucking car and find out there's a light out you know right so and you know who else I love is um what's his name Uh, I forget his name the guy that you said played the priest. Oh, hmm. um, Pruitt. I love him. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. Such a, what else he was, was he in? So he he was in Walking Dead. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Walking Dead in the second season. And he oh. was also in a movie called Identity. I didn't hmm. see that, but I've definitely seen the second season of Walking Dead. So I'm gonna yeah. have to revisit. He was that. the guy that shot Carl. Oh, oh, uh, Otis. He was Otis. Right. I forgot. Um, he's, he's been in a ton of stuff, but he was in Identity. He was really good. Interesting. Yeah. You know, what I liked about this movie and specifically this scene, one, I, I love the exorcism, like the Lynn said, with the mirror and everything. Very cool. I kept, I was afraid for for um, John that he was going to get bitten. Like, he kept putting his face so close to him. Like, she's going to yeah. fucking bite you. I wish he had. <laughs> um, and one thing I also really liked about this movie was, unlike – um, da Vinci Code, and, and don't get me wrong, Da Vinci Code for what it is is a perfect movie. It's a really great movie, but there's a ton of exposition. Like if you're not paying attention to the screen and the dialogue at all times, you will get lost on that adventure. Right. This yeah. one, they kept it very simple. I understood what was going on at all times without a ton of exposition, without right. a ton of rules. Like it was very easy to follow. And it was a fun story. And I, I really enjoyed that about it. And I thought this opening scene was great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Absolutely. So as John is leaving the apartment, he notices a picture of a, like a drawing of what looks to be like a spear or a knife. He takes it off the wall and, and takes it with him. Uh, Father Hennessy is following right behind, but somebody is watching them as well. Somebody whose face is in the shadow as he flips a coin across his knuckles. John asks the father to remove a protective amulet he's wearing and listen to the ether because the exorcism he just performed, quote unquote, wasn't right. He can tell something's happening and he wants the father to report back to him with what he can hear. Chaz bothers John to teach him some more about what he does, but Constantine refuses and demands to be taken home. Home, as it turns out, is a dreary apartment filled with heavy shutters lined by holy water bottles above a bowling alley. That was a cool apartment, though. it's so funny because it's so dreary and it's like nobody would ever live in this dump. Right. It's, it's, for the show, it's cool. It's the Oracle's apartment from fucking The Matrix. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> um, did they ever did they ever um tell us who uh Chaz was or why? I was just gonna say that. I, I wish they had gone a little more into his background, like how he hooked up with him and yeah, like I like why am I, he's saying you know I'm your slave or I'm your you know when like am I going to be yeah why does Constantine lose? suddenly you know for some reason pretty much trust this kid even I, though he doesn't trust anybody I else. mean I took Chaz's character like short round <laughs> hey, yes hey Doctor Jones hey Doctor Jones mm-hmm. hey John hey John hey John he says hey John fucking three hundred and fifty <laughs> times um I love Shia LaBeouf as an actor. <laughs> I think he's really, really good. Yeah. You could see he hadn't quite cut his teeth yet. And he was a little green in this. And his chops weren't quite up to the level of the actors around him. Because this was a very strong cast. Very strong cast. Was this before Transformers or after? 
had to be after not before had not to be before. before it's 2005 i think yeah. oh okay yeah and i think he had done <clears throat> irobot maybe yeah this okay. this this is very early and he's still very good and i think this kid i, I love his flavor i think he's excellent but yeah. you're going up against uh you know tita swinton keanu reeves which is keanu reeves is a fucking miracle of acting Be seeing that he was fucking bill i mean yeah was it was he bill or ted does it matter he was bill he was okay bill. no no i'm sorry he was ted was okay he ted? yes okay, i mean because bill was the lost boy then the, the fact Thank that you. he became what he is the powerhouse he is in hollywood and the actor he became is a fucking miracle because I would have bet the farm that that dude was never going to do anything again after that movie. Well, Although he did River's <clears throat> Edge before Bill and Ted, didn't he? Yeah, uh, uh, he did. And River's Edge was amazing. Yeah, but he was still, you know what he was? He was still Ted in that movie. And he was Ted in Parenthood, too. Yeah. Oh, he definitely yeah. was Ted in Parenthood. He was Ted in all funny? three. He was the same character in all three movies. But I think with Keanu Reeves, like, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, like, it took me a long time to kind of, I would, I mean, I thought he was cute. Who doesn't think Keanu Reeves is cute? But like, like what in Dracula with Gary Oldman, like he, like he almost ruined that for me because I said, you know, watching it, cause I love Gary Oldman so much. And Gary Oldman is just, you know, again, I have him kind of like on a pedestal, but like, yeah, no, I, I know, know exactly me, what you're saying. It, yeah. It took me like he was, Sometimes Keanu comes off as very flat, but once you, I guess, understand that that's how he is, like now I watch Dracula and it doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? And I think also with Keanu Reeves is A, John Wick's a fucking badass, yeah. but B, I, and I, I tried to separate it, but he's such a nice person. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that that's half of why he's so successful is because you never ever hear any crap about Keanu. Anything Never. you hear about Keanu Reeves is like he's an angel sent from heaven. You know what I mean? Like even when he poses for pictures, he doesn't touch women. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just a sweet, sweet, he's a, did, like a good, kind person. Did you guys ever see Knock Knock? With yes. Keanu? I don't think yes. I did. Yeah, I thought that was like uh, with the little dog and stuff. Oh man, I yeah. thought that movie was like uh, jolting for me to watch. It was. It was. Is that the one where the girls come to his house or yes. something? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you told Roth. me about it. I didn't watch it because it sounded a little too creepy for me. <laughs> oh, it's Eli I'm... Roth, and it's and one of the women is actually at the time was married to Eli Roth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Eli Roth, and I love him too. So, see, um, not to go on that movie, but you saw it, Mickey. I think that he, I think that he said no enough to where they should have just fucking left. He proved that he didn't want to do that. They he did, but the problem is they were psychotic, right? But they were trying to lure him in, and he said no. He's like fucking no, just get the fuck out of here. And then they but, both right. got stripped down and went, you know, and you know went. I mean, he is a man. I mean, right, right. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, that yeah. movie was that movie was fucked up. Yeah, okay, let's get back yeah. to uh, Valentine. <laughs> That's okay, Valentine. <laughs> He's doing Valentine. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Inside a confessional booth, Angela Dodson, played by Rachel Weiss, confesses her sins. She admits that she killed a man that day. It was in the line of her duty as a police officer, but she is haunted by it. She seems to have an uncanny ability to know where criminals are. She instinctively fires and hits her mark. She can't understand why most cops go their whole career and never fire their gun, but she always seems to find them. As she sleeps, she dreams of her twin sister, Isabel, who's in a hospital. 
Isabel sneaks out of her room and goes up to the roof. She has the same mark on her wrist the scavenger from Mexico had. As a voice calls her name, she jumps to her death, crashing through a glass ceiling into a shallow therapeutic pool. Angela wakes in terror. And I, I always think that this is cool because, like, at, when I first saw this, I don't realize this is her sister. Like, right, yeah. that's what I thought. Is it her? Is it, is it, what's going on? Like, you, it took me a minute to catch on. Mm-hmm. Right. Me too. Um, what I what I liked again about this movie was at this point I was confused and I'm like oh this is weak writing or I just missed something but the uh, you know the screenwriter was smart enough to know that this is all going to be explained shortly so yeah. I just rolled right. with it I I just went with it I didn't I, is this a dream sequence is it hers and her sister I don't know what's going on but I'm enjoying it and it's going to be explained exactly mm-hmm. so. <clears throat> Constantine finds out that he's got aggressive lung cancer from smoking. The doctor advises him to make arrangements, and he says he already knows where he's going before leaving the radiology department. Meanwhile, at the same time, Angela has arrived at the hospital to find that her dream was all too real. Her twin sister is dead by her own hand. She's adamant that Isabel wouldn't commit suicide because she's a strict Catholic, but the surveillance cameras prove otherwise. She leaves, and as she does, she encounters Constantine in the hallway, who refuses to hold the elevator door for her. (laughs) <laughs> are you going down uh, if i can help it <laughs> if i can help it <laughs> also uh interesting little fun fact for that was that um that's not cgi with the body on the floor that's actually they made a full body double of um hmm. rachel really so, yeah so they used it in the morgue and <clears throat> they use it in this scene interesting yeah instead of oh. doing cgi they actually made a like a, a dummy <clears throat> This, I was saying to Delenn, this Keanu Reeves, this is Keanu Reeves in his like prime. This reminds me of um, Neo, um, maybe the younger side of John Wick, <clears throat> but this is like the best looking Keanu we're going to get. And if you had told me that this was directed by the same director that did The Matrix, I would have believed it 100%. Like you're going to get some shots like where the, um, the medical bracelet flies off her wrist. Yeah. This is basically almost the same <clears throat> scene as when Neo drops the cell phone when he's on the side of the building. I think it was there, also very much the style at this point. Yeah. Like, was what was the Matrix? It, yeah. 98, maybe? Yeah, very similar. Yeah. And, you know, there's some other scenes that we'll get to, like the like the ending scene when he's on top of the building where we're getting the monologue. I'm like, all that's left for him to do is just fly away. I mean, this is the <laughs> end of the Matrix. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And, and I'm also going to say that I am seeing some John Wick in his performance and I know that this is before John Wick but I think that he carried some of this character over into that character yeah me too I mean Constantine's a badass John Wick's a badass so it kind of makes sense that he'd carry some of that tood with him Definitely. We were watching it last night, and my husband was like, this is like John Wick with demons. Yes, yes. I said the same thing. I was thinking the yep. exact same thing. I'm like, you know, when Shia LaBeouf dies, I'm like, oh, there's the puppy. He's going to kick someone's ass. <laughs> there's the puppy. Uh, Tina Swinton. Tita, Tita Tilda, Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Oh, I didn't put an L in there. How surprising. She was really good in this. Um, I love her and everything. She was in Vanilla Sky. I thought she was really good in that. Um, I just love her character. She was great in, uh, what is it, Doctor Strange? Yeah, she was yeah. the ancient one. Yeah, she kicks ass. Yeah, we're getting to her. So okay. the scavenger is on the move, easily jumping over a fence at the border while cows drop dead and disintegrate in his wake. Constantine Poor is cows. back home. It was gross, right? <laughs> uh, Constantine is back home and Beeman, played by Max Baker, comes to see him. Beeman brings him some interesting tools to help him with his work. A screech beetle from Amityville. 
holy water from the River Jordan and some dragon's breath, a volatile fire shooting wand. Beeman wants to know what all the items are for. And John explains that he thinks a demon soldier was trying to come through the girl he was just uh, sent to exercise, not just control her. Because that's what normally has an exercise ex uh, possession works is that they just control the body like a finger puppet. Right. And the, this demon was actually trying to come out like you saw it trying to come out of her neck. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so Beeman says that's not possible. But John asks him to look into it anyway. And I I kind of love the, this Beeman character. Like he's like this like like little bookie nerd and just I loved him. him. So like I wish I wish there had been more Beeman. I liked him. I yeah. liked him. I liked the character. He, Me too. He, he obviously loves the little toys that make noise. Those little cow things that we all had as a kid. I'm like yep. that's cute. And it's funny too because sometimes, sometimes those kind of secondary, like you know, sidekick characters are annoying, or they they don't really feel like they belong, or they they could, you could have done without it. But I really liked him, yeah. And I think that I think that they should have done more with him. Agreed. Yeah, I I enjoyed his character very much. Um, I thought this was a very tight script again for the small amount of exposition we got and explanation. And I mean, usually when you got a movie like this, you know demons and possessions and there's all skin and religion you're going to get a million rules and a fucking ton of exposition that just puts me to sleep right <laughs> this is a good action movie it's exciting it's fun i'm so glad they they went that route um Keanu reeves smoked exactly 13 cigarettes in this and it was yep. done on purpose uh for mm -hmm. for whatever the reason was i i can't remember well, 13 is an un unlucky number Okay. I was yeah. gonna give you some bullshit fact, but I'll I'll spare you. <laughs> no, it's because 13 is <clears throat> an unlucky number. And uh also if you add together the numbers from Isabel's hotel uh hospital room, it adds up to 13. Right. So it's it, they were they, they were purposely really? putting 13s in the movie to you okay. know kind of drive home the bad luck thing, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh yeah, I loved all the little toys that the guy busts out on the table. Um, I loved the dragon fire. I thought that was super cool. That was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so great character. And um, it's funny at the bowling alley, I know we're not quite there yet, but when we get to the bowling alley that Beeman works at, um, it's what is it? Bowl, bowl, bowl is the name of it, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. on the wall, you've got the BBB, but it is really six, 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 the way they yeah. have the B's uh positioned. Yep. And it also looks cool. like a ball, like like three bowling balls with like <laughs> lines coming off of it. So like it's the bees, it's 666, and it's also bowling balls. So it's really kind of a clever design, whoever thought of it. <clears throat> Fun fact. Uh, we found out last week that I am, in fact, not a bowling virtuoso. <laughs> we weren't sure if I was a prodigy. Um, <clears throat> we went with some friends and I said, I think I might be a bowling prodigy. We'll find out today. Uh, I rolled a 57. <laughs> uh, uh beat me by like 40 pins with some bizarre front grip bullshit thing that she made up it was pretty embarrassing i mean i was there with my karate instructor and his wife and uh yeah fucking embarrassing <laughs> oh my shit fun fact oh I, I bowl overhand it's very weird i don't know why i can't make myself do it underhand i just can't i can't do it so i just like really? well I'm just gonna, yeah it's it's really weird it's kind yeah. of like a knuckleball. It's weird. I don't know. <clears throat> I haven't yeah. been bowling in years. There was Thank a uh, there was this little cutout. There was a restaurant to the right and then the alley to the left. There was this like little cutout. We were on the farthest lane. And just as I'm getting to roll bowl, this like 10-year-old fat kid sticks his head through the window and is like <laughs> watching me bowl. And I'm like, where the fuck is this kid's parents? I 
Mickey, I wanted to, I want to get the video camera out and I'm going to hit this kid with my bowling ball and we'll send it to Mickey and she'll laugh. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, think, I think that we, when I, when I come out there, we should go to dinner. Does cause we can wear his Miami vice suit and then we'll go to the bowling alley and do score tonight. Oh I yeah. It. I love all of this. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. bowling that outfit. That'd be something. Can, can I please wear Stephanie Zanoni's bowling shirt, please? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But see, no. I wanted to be Stephanie's. We're going to have to both wear it. We can both wear it. I'll share Stephanie with you. At the oh, same thanks. time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fun fact. We send each other videos of little kids getting hit in the head with uh, miscellaneous items, balls, whatever it is. Funny stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Anytime a kid tools himself, I cry. In yes. laughter, that is. Yes. <laughs> okay. For All right. People. I don't think any of us have children is what it is, right? No children? Right, correct. Okay, no yeah. But don't hit a fucking puppy in the head with a ball. You're in big trouble. Yeah, right. I'll come right. for you. Let's, let's get back to Valentine. I'll okay. turn into Floyd. I'll fucking kill you, man. <laughs> don't condescend me, man. I'll man. kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that night, John goes to a church. He's come to speak to somebody, but so has Am Angela. She makes a comment about him being rude before going to speak with the father, and John goes to speak with the other man that's standing at the fireplace. It turns out that this is no man. It's the angel Gabriel, played by Tilda Swinton. While Angela argues with the father that Isabel deserves a Catholic funeral and burial, John and Gabriel are having a verbal sparring match. John is trying to make sure when he dies, he goes to heaven. He thinks that all the demons he sent back to hell should secure him a spot, but Gabriel explains that it doesn't work like that. God expects true belief in self-sacrifice, especially since John is a suicide that survived. So I think that this is, first of all, Tilda Swinton, mwah, like, yes, just, and the ca inspired casting. Because, yeah, there's like certain, certain casting choices that people have made that you just, you want to kiss them. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want to kiss the person that, that cast Tilda Swinton in this role because it yes. is amazing. Tilda Swinton as Gabriel. I think that Viggo Mortensen as Lucifer in The yeah. Prophecy Oh, yeah. was phenomenal and like mm -hmm. billy zane as the um the bully in uh back to the future no billy <laughs> zane as the, i forget was he the demon in demon knight he was like the crypt guy like he was the head demon in demon knight oh yeah. also oh, I don't great in um also great in titanic i love him yes yes but tilda swinton oh my god like i love that they used first of all a female for gabriel because that, that was pretty cool yes, it, it gave them that kind of ethereal is it a yes. woman is it a man like you can't really tell mm -hmm. right Perfect. yeah she was amazing yeah my favorite scene is when she puts her foot on his throat and she's got that <laughs> big toe right on his fucking throat i'm like yeah <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um but i loved her in this scene i love the suit i love mm -hmm. uh -huh. i love how she's like you're I'm just like, what? Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Was you're so young. Badass. Yeah, you're going to die young because you smoked 13 cigarettes or whatever. It's just 30 cigarettes, <laughs> 30 cigarettes a day, a day. Yeah. since you were 15. I was like, well, Pat's in trouble because that's about half as many as he smokes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't smoke that much. It makes me nervous. He's going to kill himself. It's not oh. the cigarettes. It's the meat lovers' pizzas and the frescas he drinks. Oh, oh God. <laughs> the guy needs to eat a vegetable. He literally lives no. across the street. He lives literally, and I'm not even joking. The farmer's market that I adore, that I, I, I long to go to, I, I make I drag Des to whenever I can. This beautiful farmer's market with 
they're pulling produce out of the fields and putting it on the stand for you. He lives literally, he could walk across the street and walk right in their front door. And he ha does not eat a single vegetable Pat ever. Will not eat a vegetable. It's, or it's, it's, it's his motto. It's his credo. Have in a life. Death wish? He will not yeah. eat what he actually likes to eat when he's watching the movies. Fun fact is he likes to get, um, chocolate frosting that you would frost a cake with. And no. he'll eat that with a thing of peanut butter. And first he takes the spoon and he scoops the peanut butter and then he scoops it into the chocolate frosting. That's bullshit. That's not real. No, that's real. That's real. That's no, real. Sir. And he washes it down with his, uh, what is he? Fresca. Cause he says it's, uh, it's, it's hydrating. Um, and another fun fact is Pat is also very skinny and you wouldn't think so. Not by the way he eats. Oh Not God. The way he eats. Yeah. He's going to outlive all of us. He probably will, honestly. Look at look at look at Keith Richards. He's gonna he outlived everybody. <laughs> there you go. There oh you go. My goodness. Okay. All right. So Father Hennessy is hard at work searching through newspapers, using the psychic power he has to look for something that might tip him off as to what's going on. When he distinctly hears the same voice that called for Isabel in Angela's dream, and uh the same voice that she heard on the roof, he grabs onto a newspaper with the story about her death. Angela is back home and is watching the surveillance of Isabel jumping off the roof. She looks away from the feed for a moment and hears Isabel say the name Constantine. When she rewinds the video, Isabel doesn't say anything. Then every hmm. phone in her apartment begins to ring incessantly, but no one is on the other line. Hmm. I thought this was creepy because it was like, is it Isabel trying to talk to her from the other side? Right. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think it was just like artistic. I didn't think that really that the director was trying to say anything with any of this. I mean... Again, there's no exposition here. They don't say that, you know, why she says Constantine. Is she trying to, it's just, none of it made sense. The phone's all ringing. None of it made sense, but I was fine with all of it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> I think that she knows that is Angela has crossed paths with Constantine and Constantine is somebody that can help them and can help Angela. Cause I think Isabel knows Angela's in trouble. Yeah. I think it was a cheap way. I think it was a cheap way to, for the director to get Constantine, her interested in trying to bring Constantine into the, her sister's, you know, death. Gotcha. I think it was just, you know, like I said, none of it was explained. And, you know, when she looked back, but okay. But I will say this. So later, and I noticed that the, the writer was doing this a lot. So now just talking it over, she does say later that, you know, she saw things when she was younger and she lied and said that she did it. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is one of these, like she's starting to get the power back a little bit. She had suppressed it for so long. She said that it stopped happening. Right. Also, so if you think about it this way, now I'm jumping ahead here, but later on when he sees Isabel in hell, she turns and looks at him and says, Constantine. Mm -hmm. So mm. that is basically she's replaying what happened to her on the roof, but why did she turn and look back at the camera and say, Constantine. yeah. And, and say, Constantine. So, so yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's almost <clears throat> like she already knew how things were going to go in hell, that she was going to see him in hell, you yeah, know, or, or she, you know, or she was leaving a breadcrumb trail for her sister that she knew she'd find along with the breath on the window, which we'll get yes. to. Yeah. Okay. So talking through it, I guess it makes a little bit of sense. Yes. I'll um, take it. You know who I love, and I and I apologize. I don't know if we've seen him yet. Is Papa Mojo? No, oh, we haven't. But you know, he's coming up in this next Papa book. Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we know that Des is not the only one that names people different things. <laughs> I'm loving off on Nikki. She's giving people nicknames. I love it. Papa Mojo. 
I actually I give a lot of people nicknames, so watch, watch it. I give I give everybody a nickname. My dog's name is Martin, but it's not. That's funny. <laughs> Fun fact: my dog's name is Doc. What's his um? What's his name? It's not Papa Mojo. No, Papa it's... Midnight. Oh fuck! All right, <laughs> Midnight. <laughs> oh god, Papa Mojo. All right, what's he like? Uh, I mean, it's about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he's, Papa Mojo is like the sax player in some blues band. <laughs> Maybe he's the sax player in Lost Boys. Maybe. Oh, hey now, hey Papa now, Mojo. bringing it back. Okay, <laughs> I still believe. Oh, God. <laughs> Outside a convenience store, John is swinging coughs a present like it's a bottle of water when he's attacked by a creature made of vermin, snakes, crabs, and cockroaches. It tells him he should mind his own business before it gets hit by a car and what's left of the vermin scatter. Running out of options, John decides to play a visit to Puppa Midnight, played by, and I'm, if I'm pronouncing this, I'm sorry, uh, Jaimon uh, Honsu. Does I think that's how, yes, I think that's right. It's, um, I think I'm close, but I'm probably a little off, but fantastic actor. Yes. Uh, oh. Chaz, yeah, I mean, especially in this, but he's great, yeah. like in the Marvel movies and everything. Love mm -hmm. him. Yep. Uh, Chaz wants to come in with him, but he's not ready for that cheese. He's unable to read the psychic card the bouncer holds up. John meets with Midnight in his office. There's some discussion on John's health and how Satan himself will be coming up to collect John. He tells Midnight about the soldier demon and the little girl, as well as the full-fledged demon that just attacked him in the middle of a busy street. He asks mm -hmm. to use the chair, but Midnight refuses. He's interrupted by Balthazar, a half-demon played by Gavin Rossdale, who taunts him before John leaves the bar in a fit of coughing. Wait, so that Dick. was the singer of Bush? Oh, yes. yes, yes. It is. Oh, my God. I was like, I was going to say, this is the second movie. We've got this dude that looks like the singer from Bush. Oh, Last it actually week, is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, he was, wow, really good. I am surprised that that he was. He was a really good dick. Yes. He was a good actor for Gavin fucking from Bush. I can't believe that was really him. Kevin Bushdale. <laughs> Kevin Bushdale kicked ass in this. Yeah, I thought because last when we did um, Kingpin, I thought that guy looked like the guy from Bush. But this really looked like the guy from Bush because it, in fact, was. fun fact, <laughs> fun it fact. is the guy from Bush. <laughs> I thought the um, I thought the the uh, uh, Jesus Christ, I can't talk. The creature, the the snake, oh, the, roach, vermin. Yeah. the vermin thing. I didn't. I thought that was a little cheesy. And uh, yes. all I all I could think of was um, venom. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I know I that just... they initially made a suit out of the vermin. Like there was actually like a practical makeup suit made out of vermin that right. they used, so he'd have something to act against. And they replaced it all with CGI. So, you know, I mean, again, CGI was still kind of right. In For its... the time, I mean, it was good, but I just, I don't know, I was watching it, I was like, eh. It reminded me of something like you'd see, like, going to Universal Studios now and seeing it, like, on one of the 3D rides. Like, right. that's what it yeah. made me think of. And right. I just, and I just, as you were talking, realized that Papa Mojo's was actually a restaurant <laughs> in North Carolina that I went to. <laughs> well, that's, that that so, explains it. So, Mickey, if you're ever in the North Carolina area and you're at Papa Mojo's, what would you suggest off the menu? Um, to be honest with you, I don't know because it was a long time ago and it was um, Cajun food and I'm not a huge fan of Cajun food. So avoid Papa Mojo's at all <laughs> costs if you're in the North Carolina area. Do not go to Papa Mojo's. 
I'm sure if um, you like Cajun food, it's delicious. Yeah, and I just I wasn't expecting it. You know, I went there thinking it was something else, and you know how you get, and then you're like you you have something in your head that you want, and then you get there and you're like, fuck, this isn't what I wanted. And yeah, so I think I got like I don't know, gumbo. I I got, no, because I, I don't like gumbo. Um, Me neither. I don't even Ugh. know what I got. It was like some sort of a meat. Ugh, like, some sort corn. of a meat. Yeah, sounds horrible. I don't even know. Like it just wasn't good. Some poor tortured animal but, over seasoned. Apparently, apparently, the food is very good. I just it wasn't what I wanted, so I didn't like it. Right. Right. It was me being a spoiled. Did shit, you? So. I, did you notice if they had a um a spice Cajun capon? Yes, yes, he gets it in the capon. <laughs> Give me the barbecue pecan. Okay, the capone. Yes, the capone. Oh god. Give me some barbecue, peca- some Cajun style capone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fun fact: the capon is a small chicken, little roaster. I'm gonna get you a shirt with a capon on it. <laughs> dude, oh, the man. listeners are like, "All right, dude, the fucking little chicken." <laughs> they're gonna start calling you the capon the capon oh but back to Gavin Rossdale I thought that he was really good at being a dick yeah. um, and you really like hated his character Like, and I, I love that name I think that's the coolest name but mm. I don't know I just I don't know I don't like I'm, Gavin Rossdale so I just I was hoping that, that, that I don't know I guess he did like- good but I like the little uh, red glow that he had in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much cool. anybody that's half demon has that little red glow, and anyone that's half angel has like a gold glow. So was that borrowed from Blade Runner? Is the question? Oh, I don't know. Huh. Interesting. Fun fact: the very first podcast Lynn and I ever did, we did a like a beta run of this just for fun uh-huh. to see if we could even do it, and we did Blade Runner, uh-huh. and I. And I have this recording. It's an hour and a half. I have it stored away. And it is my... Oh, dude, it's fucking awful. I'm like, <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And Dylan is like... And they do, 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 do. Dude, it is... It we is were a, both so tight. It was ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's like two monkeys fucking a football. And I have the whole thing. And it's my intention to post it for like our hundredth episode. Oh my God. Uh, just for fun because it's, it's wow. It's surprising it's really we ever did a number two. Like honestly, we probably should never have continued on. <laughs> the two monkeys <laughs> fucking a football. I love it. Yeah, oh, it was, God. it was bad. It was bad. Like it's so tight. We're so dry. It's just, it's oh. not good. And it's there's a good. word wall that comes up and in the word wall, and I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? You you did it, and then you learned from it, and now we oh. have this. Yeah. And now oh. we can't oh. stop laughing. And now we have this gem. <laughs> <laughs> With Papa Mojo's and Papa the Marshmallow Mojo. Ghoulies. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Joe Valentine. Five minutes of laughing and coughing for an intro. <laughs> we have this fucking tight, this tight show now. Oh, my God. I, I tell you, I love this show, guys. I, I really do. I love this show. Me too. Okay, well, let's get back to the show. All right. Angela shows up at John's apartment. When he tries to brush her off, she flashes her badge and he lets her in. She explains that she thinks her sister was brainwashed into jumping off the roof. John refuses to help her and tells her to get lost. 
Within seconds of Angela leaving, John sees multiple beings flying past his windows and heading straight towards Angela. He rushes to follow her. Catching up with her, he explains that God and the devil made a wager to see who could gather more souls. She doesn't believe him, but as they're talking, lights are going out around them until the lights right above them turn off. An unnatural darkness encloses them. There's the sound of flapping wings, and the only light comes from the Virgin Mary in a store window. John wraps the cloth around his hand, which uh, deleted scene. It was from Beeman, and it's a piece of Moses' shroud, because I can never mm. figure out why this cloth burned like this. It's Moses' mm. shroud. Oh. Um, and sets it on fire. As it burns, uh, demons, as it burns, de I don't know what I wrote there. You can see that demons have surrounded them, but the light from the shroud disintegrates them. The danger has passed, and Angela throws up from both the revelation of what she saw and the sulfur in the air. That was Constant really a cool scene. Yeah, right? Constantine it decides that they're going to find out if Isabella's in hell or not. Uh, it was a cool scene, but demons in this movie are kind of like stormtroopers. They're just, or, or zombies. Like, they're just, they're there just to be whooped on. You know, sprinkler system melts them. Uh, the little piece of cloth fries them all. I mean, they're really not very threatening in this movie. Well, they're but demon it, soldiers. Well, they're not soldiering very well. I don't. <laughs> I mean, he took them all out with a fucking big lighter. He's like, "Listen, close your eyes and duck. I got this." He's like, and like they're all just disintegrate. I'm like, wow, that was. They, but that's not true. They use holy no. water. They didn't know that. They, like if they, if the guy had not come prepared with things that he knew could fight. Like if if you right. just showed up to fight them, they'd kill you. Would they have? Yeah. Or would he have pulled out like a napkin and lit it on fire, and they all would have disintegrated? I'm I talking mean, about you. If you had shown up there to fight them, they if I showed you. up there with my fucking my green belt, I'd been <laughs> whipping ass on all of them. <laughs> Should have seen me in class. I, I was I was kicking the red bag. Mm, mm, mm. My guy was like, my guy was like, yeah, you're kicking that bag. Good. Yeah, I would have done fine. No, okay. Sure mm -hmm. you would. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm 142 pounds of badass. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. The wind pinned me yesterday. <laughs> and I couldn't get up. And then I told my karate instructor, I'm like, she pinned me and I couldn't get up. He's like, that's because you don't retain any information that I'm giving you. That's funny. That's she awesome. Get off. <clears throat> uh, I'm the badass. She is. <laughs> <laughs> so at Angela's apartment, she's filling up a pot of water. He, uh, Constantine is looking through some of Isabel's things and then asks if the cat was Isabel's. The cat was, and Constantine claims that that's good because cats are half in and half out already. He puts his feet in the pot and focuses on the cat. The water begins to boil and his soul is sent to hell. He's holding the holy water, uh, those little holy water grenades, as he begins looking for Isabel. He finds her just as the demons find him. In a recreation of her death, she pulls off her medical bracelet and falls to her death. John jumps to grab the bracelet and breaks a bottle of holy water against his chest right before he's grabbed by the demons. Back in Angela's apartment, barely a second has passed. He's coughing and covered in steam, grasp grasping Isabel's bracelet. This confirms that Isabel killed herself and she is damned for it. I thought this was a cool scene, although, again, you can see uh, like the green screen of him running with hell behind him. Like It was kind right. of obvious, but... That was a little cheesy. I thought it was a really good scene. I thought it was kind of sad. Sure. Um, you know, for Angela. Um, but I also thought like the demons, they reminded me a little bit of the creatures in um the marshmallow ghoulies. No, not the marshmallow ghoulies. Uh a quiet place. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Is it a quiet place? Yes. No. Is no. it? No. That's... It's not a quiet place. The quiet place is the one with uh, the guy, Jim from the office. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They reminded me a little bit of that, like super lanky and and awkward and the way they walked, the way they moved and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that, I thought it was a really cool scene. But you're right. Like the again, for the time, it was great CGI. Yes. But, but watching it now, it, I was like, Ooh. right. I didn't have a problem with any of the CGI in this. Even the demon monster we were talking about. I mean, yeah, sure, it looked a little bit like the mummy sand monster, you know. Yeah. But right. the movie was fun, and I and I and again, you know, once again, not over explaining the feet in the water and how he does it. I don't care how the fucking hot dog is made. Just get me to hell, and it worked. <laughs> and you know, and like with uh, and like with Papa Mojo, you know, not a ton of exposition. You just we meet him. We understand through just a little conversation who he is and what he's about. And I appreciated this movie for that. It didn't drag. This movie was paced very quickly. Oh, no, it moves. It flies. It did. And it really worked for this movie. And I appreciated that about it. Because this is not the Da Vinci Code. And I'm glad they didn't try to make it that. No, if you had slowed this down with a ton of talk, like over talking. Yep, wouldn't it have worked. Would, no, right? it wouldn't have worked. It would be, you, I would have already been out. I would have tapped out yeah. a long time ago. I mean, that having an actor like Tom Hanks, and again, coming from like booze and buddies and stuff, who would have guessed this guy was that that caliber of an actor? Right, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, you know, he carries a movie like this. Look at you stuff. taking it way back. Really? Way back, way back. I was there. <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> Sipping my soy sauce. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which I thought was fun fact: Chinese food until I was about seventeen. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> All right, so let's move on. <laughs> Don't worry, he gets plenty of Chinese food now. Fun fact: I had Chinese food for dinner tonight. Yeah, and a lot of it. All right, so Father Hennessy is now gone to the morgue. There, he finds Isabella's body, or Isabel's body. He sees the mark on her wrist before getting chased out by an orderly. The same mark from that the uh, the scavenger has. The voices he normally keeps at bay with booze and the amulet start to consume him. He tries to drink from his flask, but nothing comes out, which is odd considering when they show you his feet, there's drops from his flask on the ground. He oh. runs to the li nearest liquor store and grabs bottles, pouring them down his throat, but still nothing is coming out of them. Though the liquid inside each bottle is evident. As soon as he puts it down, the liquid is you know pouring onto the floor. A familiar figure enters the liquor store, Balthazar. He watches as Hennessy collapses, but not before he uses a corkscrew to draw the symbol he saw in Isabel on his own palm. Hennessy essentially drowns to death in alcohol because he thought nothing was coming out of the bottles. He was consuming massive quantities. This was kind of a sad scene to me. I felt bad for him. I did too. And I, I didn't understand it at first. And I had to watch it twice. Mm -hmm. I like it. I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. it's. I think it's like Balthazar has tricked him so he can't. He can't see the liquor and can't taste it or feel it. Right. He gets no satisfaction from it. So it's kind of like in Harry Potter when he's trying to drink the water from the thing and there's nothing there. Yeah. What's cool about it, though, is the guy is an alcoholic. And I think there's a little exposition. It says he's trying to stay clean. Isn't there in the beginning? Where uh, uh, John says, oh, see, see, staying clean or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it keeps the voices at bay. So Right. So what was hmm. really cool about not, the scene sleep, the was... It's like hell. He he can't get drunk. He's trying to get this liquor to get the buzz that he so desperately needs. And at the same time, he's killing himself with the liquor. Right. So I thought that was really heavy, uh, 
heavy exposition without really any exposition. And I thought it was really good. I, I love it. Good symbology there. Yes, yes, Symbolism. yes. I, yeah, I'm What's sure the I'm symbology just... here? Yeah. Symbology. <laughs> symbology is definitely not a word, but I'll take it. I was making it up. I'm on the fly here. Do it. Fun fact, <laughs> that's not a word. That did, that's from Boondock Saints. What's the symbology here? Is oh, it? is it really? Yes. Oh. That's so funny. I didn't even know. I was just making it up. I was like, symbolism. I think the word you're looking for is symbolism. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Oh. Oh, my goodness. So while eating, John explains to Angela that he was born with the ability to see things from the other side, and it terrifies and terrified and traumatized him. I like, yes, that would traumatize me. That scene yeah. on the bus is like, what? So get people. Exactly. When he was a teenager, he killed himself and went to hell for two minutes, which is a lifetime in hell. He knew everything he saw was real when he came back. He explains that the half-breeds on Earth are half-human, half-demon, or angel, and they extend their influence with doubtful whispers or encouragements. When one of them breaks a rule, he deports them back to hell. Because I'm assuming most of the angels are not breaking rules. Uh, he also explains to her that he's been trying to ingratiate himself to get back into heaven. While they are talking, Angela gets the call to go to the scene where Father Hennessy has died. Constantine goes with her and retrieves the amulet as well as seeing the symbol left on his hand. And um, I thought it was interesting when he goes in there and uh, the other cop looks at Angela and is like, what's he doing here? Like, you can tell they've had, they've all had their run run-ins with him. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I did like how in this movie the screenwriter was leaving us and Constantine breadcrumbs, you know, like with the mm -hmm. little, you know, cut in his hand, the guy. And again, it was enough just to keep the movie moving along and to explain how, you know, they were figuring things out without, you know, these big downloads so yeah cool. i mean this Nicely this done. scene is pretty much the only time there's an ex explanation and it's only because he's explaining something to her yes and it's very brief yep. other than that you kind of just pick things up as, as they go along right yes which yeah. i appreciate but, yeah but the movie made perfect sense to me you know everything that i was confused on at one point was explained to me later in the movie and as i realized that that's what this guy was doing i stopped being like oh, i don't understand what's going on here because i knew the answer was coming yes right. Yes, it, it, they definitely were not just putting it, putting the plate on the table. They were letting you smell it first. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was a clever, it was a clever screenplay. All right, so Constantine and Angela go to the hospital where Isabel died. John is convinced she must have left a message behind for Angela. After a not so gentle prodding, Angela realizes that Isabel has left her a message written on the window, written with her breath. Corinthians seventeen one. Angela says there is no seventeenth act in Corinthians, but John informs her that in the Bible in hell. There is. They call Beeman, who looks up Corinthians 17.1. There's a drawing of the symbol, also known as the sign of Memon, the son of the devil. There is also a drawing of a demon springing from the body of a woman laying flat while another entity with wings looks on. Beeman hears noises coming from behind him, but continues talking to John. As he reads from the Bible, sounds continue coming from behind him. He explains that Memon would need the help of God to cross over. Suddenly, all the machines in the bowling alley start running. Beeman knows someone is or something is coming. He tells Constantine that he has faith in him before the line goes dead. John is rushing to Beeman, but he gets there too late. He is dead and his body is covered in bugs. Gross. And I was so sad. Poor Beeman. I was too. And what a suck way to die because I totally. hate bugs. Me too. Fucking flies. But he had, yeah, he, he had such a, uh, he had an affinity for bugs. Because that's mm -hmm. John right. asked him earlier in the movie, why do you like insects so much? And he's like, John, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh, he, he died. The thing that he loved the most killed him. That sucks. So, fun fact, I nursed a fly back to health 
in an apartment that I was working, I found this fly in the kitchen and it was pretty close to death. And I uh, put some of my water for my lunch by him and I scooted up next to it. And I noticed he was trying to drink it. So he drank a little. And then the next day I, I put a little bit of my sandwich near him and some more water and he ate and drank a little bit more. And then the third day he flew away. <laughs> so I saved that little fly. <laughs> um, so in the, in the room, I didn't, no get, yeah, I didn't get this, um, this, this interaction between John and, uh, and uh, what's her name? Angela. Angela. So I think it would have been fine if he had just been like, you know, she was your twin sister. You know, was there anything you guys had between you where she might have left you a met? Like she should have said, like, you know, I watched a video and I saw her say Constantine. And that's how I knew that I needed to find you, seek you out for this. And, you know, when we were kids, we used to leave each other messages by <sighs> on the window. And then, you know, like, why did he have to like fucking assault yeah. her to get yeah. Damn, it, was, no it was odd. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I thought that she did say she said your name in the video. Oh, I don't know if she said that or not. I thought she did. I still think that him being so aggressive with her was misplaced. I just don't know. Like, it didn't feel like she needed her memory jogged that hard. It's like he should have just said, hey, anything you guys used to do, twins? She left you a message somewhere? Like, I I think because she uh, later on, it comes out that she, you know, her sister was special and she was too, but she saw how people treated her. So she was like, I'm not doing that. I think she felt guilty and shame. Yeah. I don't know, man. This scene didn't work for me. It was one of the few scenes in the movie that didn't work. I, I just, I was watching it going, why is he assaulting her? (laughs) Like what? what It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Yeah, probably, and, they probably could have done it without that. And then for her to just suddenly remember this, like, oh yeah, we used to leave messages on windows. It's like, okay, she's a, and and she's a fucking detective, which makes it that much worse. You're a fucking <laughs> detective, and you have this little, just little nugget of knowledge in your mind. We used to leave each other messages in breath on glass. Like you're a fucking detective. Go check the fucking glass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there could have been any other way to do that. Like, even if, um, you know, like they're in the room and like somebody comes in with a, a boiling thing of water to wash the floor or the bedding or something and the steam, like, and she sees it and she's like, oh, when we were kids, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, there was, there was, I don't think there needed to be an assault. That's mm. assault, brother. <laughs> yeah, it is assault, brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, my that's, uh, that's fucking Billy Madison. Yeah, I think so. I dare I dare you to touch your boob. That's assault, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So the scavenger now hijacks a truck and takes off heading towards the city. Angela explains to Constantine that she used to see things like Isabel did too. She abandoned her sister and pretended she didn't see anything. She's racked with guilt and wants to be able to see again. He explains that if she does this, she can see them, but they'll see her too. He fills up the tub and she lays down in it. With her head underwater, he holds her down. She tries to get up and he won't let her. She struggles, fighting to get up and breathe. Then she dies and for a split instant, she's in hell. The tub fractures and Angela is back. She knows that someone was there and she goes back to Beeman's spot. Bending, she pulls a coin from the coin from the crack in the floor, Balthazar's coin. So I like this scene because the first time I ever watched it, when she comes out of the tub, She's going, 
I always knew. I always knew where to go. I always knew where to look. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, I didn't get it. And then I remembered what she says way back at the very beginning of the movie. She knows where the cop, where the criminals are going to be. She knows how to fire her gun and hit them perfectly. She like, she always knows where to look. And oh. I was like, like, it, like, I was like, why does she say that? Like, I couldn't quite figure out what she was saying. And yeah. then I really paid attention to it when I was watching this the, uh, yesterday. And I was like, oh, that she's talking about that's how she knew. Like, she was still connected. Right. Even though she, like, d denied that gift, or if you want to yeah, call it Yeah, I didn't gift. even get that. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah, didn't get that. I picked that up right away. I thought that um, it just kind of reminded me of uh, The Wedding Singer. Like, she's like, ah. <clears throat> just FYI, I, I see things too. It's like this information would have been good to me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wasn't seeing things. She just <laughs> also had the gift, but she had denied it long enough that she wasn't seeing anything anymore. She was. I was just off. being humorous. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was cool. <laughs> I, I felt her. Uh, I felt her desperation in the tub for a minute. I almost felt like she was looking at him, like, "Uh oh, did I trust a lunatic? Is he killing yeah. me?" No, no, true. <laughs> Because yeah. wouldn't you think that? Um, yeah. There's no way that fucking old fucking cast. I, I mean, I, there's no way that tub breaks in half. Just well, no, not if, it, if it was cast iron, it wouldn't have broken. I think it's just porcelain. But it, still, even it's... if it was porcelain, that thing was an ancient tub. They build those things to last. There's, that thing isn't breaking. And there's water damage now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's water That's damage. Does there's demons? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, she broke that thing with the force of hell. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wished that we had seen a, a quick vision of her experience. I kind of wanted to see it. Me too. Yeah. Um, I did like the effect that they kept using where time would stop. And then that's the moment that the experience would take place. They, they went through it a couple of times. And yeah. I thought it was effective. I liked it. Yeah. And they also said that... Um, when they initially uh, did like the storyboards and showed hell, it was very dark and like the oil was uh, the floor was like oil. So yeah. I think that's partly where the Peter Stormare with the dirty feet thing came in later, but yeah, um, they changed it and they decided to make it look like an atomic bomb had just gone off. Yeah. Well, there and was I a, there was a, they wanted to actually make hell be that it was going to be something like with oil all over the floor. Yeah. And uh, they settled for him just having oil on his feet. Yeah. So yeah. that was going to be part of it. And uh, there's no way when she gets out of that tub, she isn't going to need to be revived because he held her underwater for like two minutes. So <laughs> she's her lungs are full of water. She's going to need CPR. Um, she probably is. He's now got his suicide and her murder on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. So rightfully so, John is pissed. He explains that he can deport or even kill Balthazar since the half demon killed Beeman and Hennessy, and that's put the balance out of whack. Angela drives him to Balthazar, putting Hennessy's talisman around her neck. She wants to go with him, but he insists she stays put. As John confronts Balthazar with a blast of fire and then holy water to the face, Angela decides staying put is not for her. She takes off her jacket, throws it in the car behind her, and we see that the talisman was stuck on her jacket and she's now left it behind. After after yeah. a beatdown with blessed brass knuckles, Balthazar spills the information. The divine assistant assistance needed for Maimon to cross over is the blood of God that's on the Spear of Destiny. He also laughs because he needed Angela and John brought her right to them as she appears in the doorway. After blasting Balthazar with a shotgun again, he and Angela are hurrying from the building when she is forcefully pulled through many walls and out into the night sky 20 stories up. 
That was a really cool scene, and I loved the makeup effects on Gavin Rossdale. Oh, my God. Isn't it so cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. That was one of the better effects scenes in that whole movie, I think. Yes. Well, a lot face. of it was practical, and then they just kind of tweaked it with yep. CG. Because, you know, I definitely read stuff about him sitting in the makeup chair for hours and hours while they were, so they good. had different, they had different levels of the destruction on his face too, yep. which was interesting. Yeah, we've said it plenty of times on this podcast that sometimes what you don't see is better than what you do see. Yep. And uh, I thought in this case, going with the practical, of, you know, instead of uh, full CGI was the way to go. And how about those holy brass knuckles? I fucking laughed out those loud awesome. when he pulled those out. <laughs> yeah. And once again, Gavin is completely helpless. The demon is like just, they're weak. Yeah, he put up literally put up very little fight and once he pulled out those brass knuckles he was toast yeah yeah mm-hmm. like although so- i took i took great pleasure in watching him getting his ass beat so Me i too. thought it was great i thought it was great <laughs> Me too yeah bush was one of those bands that grew on me a little as time went on when when bush in the day when bush was popular i was like this band fucking sucks i hate this band yuck sex is violence like you're ripping off perry Farrell. your words suck your music sucks you're weak <laughs> But then I watch them now and I'm like, all right, I get it. I think they had a couple of good songs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's talented. It's they're pretty good. They're pretty yeah. good. They're yeah. decent enough. They're I mean fine. if they exactly, they're fine. They're yeah. they're paced. They're yeah. fine they, as a four-letter word. It yeah, fucking exactly. sucks. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bad. I mean honestly, like I I don't despise them like I despise other bands. Like there are bands out there that I literally want to poke myself uh, in the like ear. To, Creed, to... for instance. Nickelback, Creed, oh, anything dude. like that. I just can't. I dude, can't buy finger death punch. Nickelback. Dude, Pat <laughs> Pat's fucking he plays this fucking stupid playlist at work that I every I'm like, will you shut that shit off? It's like a 17-year-old girl from 2003. This guy got the nickel back and like, oh my God. Get some Who's fucking the arms wide, arms wide open song? Is that Creed? Yes. Oh, oh God, I hate that song. God. I hate that song. I don't then, like that song at all. They have they have one song that I like and it's actually very disturbing. What mm. is it? Um, God. Uh, is it the abortion song? I, I don't know. Um, I thought they had like an abortion song that was horrible that I hated. Well, I mean, they're Creed. Aren't they a Christian rock band? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that guy got like nailed so many times for like sleeping with hookers and <laughs> um, perfect. Perfect. He was like with like Kid Rock and they had like some video on it. And this guy was married at the time and he did like there was some like. Uh, yeah, wasn't he married to Avril Lavigne? Or no, that, that was a Nickelback guy? guy. Oh, that's the Nickelback guy. Oh, I, can't, see, I can't even keep him straight. Oh, Scott yeah. Stapp, that's who it is. I hate him. Oh, Scott Stapp who? is such a freaking oh, that's douche. That's from Creed. Isn't that the guy from Creed? Yes. Yeah, hate yeah. him. Scott Stapp sucks. I'm trying to look at the name of the song that I like. Um, it's it's Dude, one song. And what it is that a- Nickelback song? My, my girl is a fucking cock magnet or something. <laughs> she loves dick, gotta have it. I'm like, Pat. How can you listen to this trash? Uh, yeah, my girlfriend's a dick magnet. That's that's the fucking. No, no, it's her. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, yes. No. That is the chorus. Yeah, my girlfriend's uh, a dick magnet. Uh, something's got to have it. Oh, uh, it's so bad. I'm like, oh god. No, sir. Yes, that's the chorus. My girlfriend's a dick magnet. Oh my god, it is. 
Yeah, it, is. it is. I just looked it up. Theory of a dead man. My girlfriend's a dick magnet. Oh That's my yeah, God. Let's hear the, give us, give us the whole chorus. I am not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to. That's no. We're not doing that, dude. That band is the biggest piece of shit. Those words are such trash. Oh God, that's disgusting. Oh, I also hate God. what you know. What else I hate is that song. Um, the, the every morning there's a halo hanging on the oh. corner. I hate oh, that. Come on, man. Oh God, what, little Mark McGrath. I like I'll tell you what I hate it. I hate it because your girlfriend's a nice girl, and you use her her mojo to go out and have a one night stand. Screw you, Mark McGrath. You suck I too. Like Mark McGrath. Maybe she wasn't a nice girl. Well, if she's got a halo, she is. So, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> All oh right, God. moving on. Moving on. If you find that, if find out the name of that song, you can let us know. I do. It's it's called "Wash Away Those Years." Oh, okay. it's really disturbing. Like it's like you listen to it, and I don't I don't know why I like it. I just really like the lyrics, hmm. um, and the, like I don't know. I've never heard it, but I'm going to go ahead and give that song one re-listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going like, to give you a I pass on that one. I don't own any Creed material. How's good. that? Just if you hear um, it, or, you, you're like, oh, that's go a back. good song. Or, uh, shit, Adam Levine's band there, Maroon 5. Oh, I like Adam Levine. I mean, I'm not no. a fan. Dude, no. Adam Levine. What's Adam Levine looks like no. Chipotle bag. No, He's what's a- that one song he does? Oh man, I love this. There's one Adam Levine song. He's I dig it. Of cheese dick. I can't remember the name of the tune, but it's good. Yeah, he's oh, also no. he's also a garbage human, so I'm all sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a human, so he's garbage. He's a total loser. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So here we go. <laughs> So John, John returns to, returns to Papa Mojo's. I mean Midnight's. Oh God! <laughs> he de- he demands some gumbo. The- <laughs> he's got he's got a bowl of gumbo. <laughs> he returns <sighs> to Papa Midnight's and he demands to use the chair. The chair. Midnight is hesitant to help him at first since he does his best to not play sides. But John reminds him that Beeman and Hennessy are dead and they were his friends too. Hesitant. He was like, yeah, no he fucking way. <laughs> yeah, he tried to like kill him, but yeah. So uh, I was, I was just distilling it down. <laughs> I have to say though, that scene was so awesome. And I even said to Tony when we were watching it, I said when he's got um, Constantine up against the wall and he's yeah. like he's sweating. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That, yeah, that was great. Awesome. Out the back of like because he's using so much heat. Yes, I yeah. saw that. That was dynamite. Also, yeah. uh, two hundred dollar shirt, by the way. <laughs> yeah, great, great line. So Midnight relents and brings John to the chair, an electric chair that has been used at Sing Sing. John uses it in a ritual, much like how he saw Isabel, to find where the spirit destiny is. It turns out the scavenger has made his way to the hospital. While making shotgun shells out of holy relics, Chaz suggests using an enchanted cross in the water supply at the hospital to weaken the demons there. And after praying for them, Midnight sends them on their way. I liked this scene. It was like the, the little setup towards the big ending, you know? So I didn't like that Papa uh, Midnight Midnight got so goofy at the end of the scene. I kind of wish that, I mean, this is pretty much the last we're going to get of him. And I kind of wanted to just have him go out hard the way he was through the whole movie. His character was great. And I didn't really like all the smiling and fist bumping at the end. I was like, "Eh." Um, and I also was not, again, I had questions about uh, Chaz's character. Like, right. Yeah, take the kid with you. You know, it's like, all right, are we, is this, 
are, is this like the fucking X-Men now? I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's now starting to feel like a Marvel movie. It's like, so let's not do this. You know? Well, I mean, I think the whole point was like, John has been shortchanging Chaz and what he brings to the table all along. And as you see further along in the movie, he really does bring in a decent game. How? You know? Why? Why? No, but I'm not agreeing with you, but I'm saying, why? Why does he bring this? How does he have this? Where is this knowledge coming from? Why is he a little demon to ask Kesgar? I mean, none of this is explained. He's a fucking cab yeah. driver. He's a he's a 15-year-old cab driver. What? No, he's like in his 20s. Oh, come on. I, I just wish they would have explained that more. No, yeah. he was short round. He had blocks of wood on the pedals. <laughs> <laughs> this this character for me anyway felt like 17 is that fair um yeah i thought he was very young very young not okay. 21 not tr- no, well I we know he's not old enough to get in the club oh no it's he couldn't get in the club because he's not psychic yeah right? he couldn't read psychic paper okay okay yeah i mean i was again I was fine with it. I'm nitpicking here. I wasn't sitting there going, fuck you, this sucks. This is bad storytelling. No, none of that. I just feel like this character was completely unexplained. Completely. Yeah, I wish they had done a little more backstory. Do you think there was some that we didn't get? It's possible. It's possible because they were planning on this movie being another movie. And then I don't think it did as well as they were hoping it was going to. And so... You know, now they're making another one, but it's, you know, it's 20 years later. Yeah, I just, I mean. I mean, it, it has a post-credit scene. So. Yeah, it's just none did of you, it's Did explained. either of you sit long enough to see the post-credit scene? No. Okay, well, that's okay. I wrote out what it was. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah, I wrote out what it was. I'll tell you what it was. Okay, what cab thanks. company does it work for? <laughs> Is that his cab? I no, mean. because he says, I don't, you know, I don't own this cab, John, right? Because that when he lands the mirror on it, he's like, I would have moved it if I had known you were going to do that. So does he have, does he, does he drive cab any other time? Or does he just drive John Wick around? Oh, it's not John Wick. It's <laughs> John, John, Wick. John, John Valentine <laughs> around. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the character was not flushed out at all. And it's too bad because I like the character. You know what? I was almost thinking like, is he dead? Is this like. You know what I mean? Like for a minute, I was like, "Is he dead? Is this like a uh, a half life thing? Is he like a a half angel, half I don't know something? Give me something." Anyway, honey, oh, that <laughs> Mickey, how funny! How mad does she get at my eyes? <laughs> like you can hear it in her voice. I will come up there and pin you. I will. She's like, yeah. Okay. She probably will. I I mean, I just might. If I'm lucky, <laughs> come up and pin me. Oh, God. Moving on. <laughs> Angela is dropped through the same skylight her sister fell through, landing in a pool of water, but still alive. The scavenger is behind her, and he overpowers her. Chaz takes his cross to the water supply and puts it in while John confronts the demons gathered, blocking his way to the pool. He turns on the sprinklers with his lighter and begins shooting. In the pool, the scavenger is holding Angela underwater. She's transported to hell where she hears the same voice that had been calling Isabel's name, now calling hers. It is Maimon, and he attacks. When John and Chaz get into the pool room, the scavenger is dead, and Angela is already possessed. They chant in Latin, and initially it appears that she is saved, but the demon is trying to free itself from her torso. Chaz helps focus him, and they fight Maimon back for now. Feeling that the danger has passed, Chaz relaxes, but is thrown to the side and then thrashed so hard up and down against the ceiling and the floor that he dies. 
John knows somebody else is there and uses an incantation to force the being to show themselves. It's Gabriel. They reveal that they feel that God is too lenient on humans and that they should have to earn his love and grace. And that is why they want to help Maimon create a hell on earth. They toss John into the other room and approach Angela. I thought this was actually kind of cool because it's like they needed divine assistance and they really had it, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't really know how this all got cooked up, but I don't need to know. No, I right. don't need to know either. And and I, I, I hated seeing poor Chaz die. Yeah. I thought the character was nice. I didn't want to see him die. And, you know, there's no reason to kill him. Yeah. I thought for sure that they were going to bring him back. They should have. There was, again, none of it was explained. The poor, the whole Chaz thing kind of left me perplexed. But that was one of those, I feel like, that was one of those ones like um uh what movie did we talk about? Oh, like um he's one of those characters that could have been left out and it would have been fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. could have been written in more and would have been right. fine. Right. Yeah, it was kind of they just kind of left. They were him kind in. of in between. No, no pun intended. He was in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So even though we have old CGI here, I thought that the, the stuff like uh, of Memo trying to come through her stomach was actually pretty cool looking. Like it oh looked my God. distressing to me. Like I was like, oh my God, you know? Yeah, a little that, quado. Yeah. <laughs> that, look, that looked so, first of all, it looked really painful and it, it creeped me out because yeah. anything like that creeps me out. But I, I actually did say to Tony last night, we were watching it. I said, Look how teeny she is because his hand almost Dude. covered her entire stomach. Dude, yeah. I thought the exact same thing. Unless like, oh. he's got huge hands. Oh, and she's God. got the teeniest little feet, too. Like, yeah. as she's her feet are kicking. <laughs> I'm like, what is she, like a size four? Like, yeah. yeah, unlike yeah. Tita Swinton with that big toe. <laughs> Tilda, Tilda. Tilda, I, I'm going to put the L in now. Tilda had John pinned with that toe. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's amazing <laughs> but yeah i couldn't believe it. i'm like she's so i said to him look how tiny yeah. she is his hands like covering her whole stomach yeah, yeah. it, it literally crazy. wrapped around her entire torso it's like crazy. a negative two yeah, yeah right right she's tiny she was in uh the mummy i i liked her yeah. performance in that she's not a she's not a super strong uh actress and Keanu is not a super strong actor. I mean, let's be honest. If it wasn't for The Matrix, I don't know if Keanu Reeves catches on, right? I mean, mm. The Matrix, like, made his career. No, no, tr true enough. I mean, like, he was a decent actor, but he was, you know, like you said, he was pretty much playing Ted in every movie. So That, yeah. that role broke the, um, broke the mold for him. It showed everybody that he could be something besides just, right. oh, dude, stone him, dude, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but he's still not a phenomenal actor. I mean, he's not a phenomenal actor. He's a good character actor, and he's a cool leading man. And yeah, he can carry a movie. But he's not Gary Oldman. No, no, <laughs> he's he is not Gary but Oldman. He's, but he's good. And he's like fine. I said, I I think part of it is that he's he, he's just he's Keanu. He's Keanu. And that's kind of like, there's other actors like that. For instance, Will Smith always plays Will Smith. Like it's Will Smith playing Will Smith. And it's fine. Right. It's good. When he, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's fine. But you're not pulling me 
into your world. Like I'm not believing you're another character. Like that's, um, that's like like for me, like certain certain actors and actresses, like you know, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. She's always Jennifer Aniston. She's always Jennifer Aniston. Yes. She has no personality. She yeah. she's not that funny. She's she she looks like a basset hound to me. Like she's just. <laughs> so that's how you really feel. I don't get the whole. She is aging Aniston very thing. well, though. She is, and you know, she really is. But and and you know, I guess apparently she's supposed to be really cool in real life. But yeah. I don't like her. Like I just, you know what I mean. So it's hard for me when I watch a movie with her to get past. And I admit it, it's stupid to get past that. It's the same thing, you know. Like um, oh, I don't know. Me- I loved her in Office Space. Oh yeah. Well, I, I will tell you this: I loved her in Horrible Bosses. She's fine. That one, fantastic yeah. in Horrible Bosses. Um. Well, I agree with you, Mickey. She's fine, but she's Jennifer yeah, Aniston. Playing Jennifer yeah, Aniston. Exactly. Exactly. And like like I said, it took me a long time to get past the with Keanu. Like, you know, Dracula was hard for me because I'm like, oh God, he's sucking at this. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's so bleh, he's just yeah. monotone and flat. But after a while, like he grew on me. And and now, especially like you know, I like the John Wick movies. My husband watches them all the time. Like he loves the John Wick movies. Yeah. Um, and I like them. You know, yeah, I'm, 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 I consider myself a Keanu like, like I'm I'm pro Keanu now. You Me know too. I mean? As am I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plus, right. uh, plus, he's a fucking awesome dude. Like every time exactly. you hear a story about him, he's just an awesome dude. Like he went to, he was in a hotel, and people were getting married in the hotel, and they were like, "Tell him if he wants to come down, he can come down." He shows up. Yeah, I love it. It's like he does stuff like that all the time. Like yes. he, he took his shoes off and gave them to a homeless man. Yeah. Right. Like he, he's, he's that he's just a good dude, you know. Yeah. There are actors though, like we said, like Tom Hanks, you know, who can really bring you into his character. Like he can oh, play sure. a gambit, a gambit of different uh gen- genres of uh character and and you're gonna you're gonna lose yourself in his character each mm-hmm. and every time. Oh, yeah, think so. about Forrest Gump. Think about him in right. uh, what's the movie where yeah. he was Ed Wilson? Lost uh, 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 with the one where he's on the island, yeah. by himself. I mean, what is it? Called? Yeah, hardly any dialogue in that movie at all, and he carries them. I mean, you're gonna watch a guy not talk for an hour and a half. I've watched that movie, uh, Castaway. I've watched Thank that you. movie right. 25 times, and I'm I'm every time I'm like, fine. Leave it on. It's great. It's entertaining. Yep. He didn't say a word for an hour. <clears throat> and then, and then, not only that, when the fucking soccer ball falls off the raft, I am in tears. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson, this fucking guy made me care about a fucking soccer ball. How dare you? Oh yeah. Personally, yeah. I loved him in Big. Great. Oh yeah. 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 But it's funny because that is again that is back when he still hadn't. Um, he hadn't developed his craft. He was still kind of playing the goofball, like from sure. Booze and Buddies, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, but it got to a point where, you know, his acting chops are impeccable. I mean, yeah, he leveled oh, yeah. up I mean, pretty hard. This is the same guy that did Bachelor Party. You know yes. What I mean? Yes. Right. And that was that was pre whatever movie it was that broke him. But I mean, and then the Green Phil- Mile, the Green Mile. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Castaway. Uh, da Vinci Code. This guy is fucking super talented actor, yeah. uber t- talented. And uh, even last week when we did Don't Look Up, um, the one that played, uh, what's her name? The red hair. Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. You I know, I thought, her. yeah, and I thought that she, I lost myself in her character. She's a beautiful totally actress. Did. And, you know, you forgot even who you were watching. I'm just like, 
oh no, if this is Professor Lindy's student. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yep. All right. So feeling defeated, John asks God for help and gets no reply. He cuts his wrist and time stops just as Gabriel is about to plunge the spear into Angela. Lucifer, played by Peter Stormare, arrives in his white suit and black tar-covered feet. <laughs> John tells him what Gabriel is up to. <clears throat> Lucifer con- confronts Gabriel, telling them that the human world is to be his, eventually. He sends Memon back to hell, and seeing that Gabriel has suddenly lost their power, burns off their wings. He returns to collect John. John asks Lucifer for a favor. Send Isabel to heaven, and he'll go with him willingly. Because he feels like he owes him a favor, because he just thwarted Maman's plans. Right. As he begins to drag John away, he becomes unmovably heavy, and suddenly the light of heaven shines on him. Heaven is claiming John because he made a sacrifice to save Isabel. Lucifer, not to be outdone, thrusts his hands into John's chest and pulls out all the cancer in his lungs and heals the cuts on his wrist. He's going to give John a chance to live and sin so that he ends up back in hell. And let's let's uh, again let's hear it for Peter Stormare. He was friggin' awesome when and he licked his face. Scene- oh my god, that's one of the scenes that I remember was him. You see him coming down. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like the you all of a sudden like the little drip of black tar. Yeah, and then all and of a sudden the, his feet come down. It's his like feet with the suit. I'm like, that's one scene I do remember, and I remember him just being so freaking good in this. Yeah, so and good. fun fact, they wanted him to wear like leather and studs and stuff, and Peter Stormare was like, let's rethink this, and he's yeah. the one that thought up the white suit. I'm so glad it. he did. I'm so yeah, glad they did. Awesome. Yeah, I love when he leaned in and he licked Keanu's face. I was like, ah, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i thought that this was i thought that this was uh it was good it was good writing it was a quick it was a quick uh tie of the bow but they yes. did tie it up all yes. nicely and i love when he's going back up to heaven and he's giving him the finger yes. i thought that yes. was great you know this is this is going to be a little neo how about you give me my call and i give you the finger yep. we're going to get a couple of callbacks from the matrix um but uh what I did appreciate about this scene was I didn't see the devil bringing him back. I thought that was really cool that he brings yeah. him back and heals him. Like the devil performs a miracle yeah, yeah. and, and cures his disease and gives him. He technically is shot. an angel still, yeah, it, even though yeah. he's a fallen angel, he's still an angel. That's absolutely correct. I and think he has respect for him. Yes. Yes. Agreed. You know, even though he, he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't have to like him. <clears throat> I think he has respect for everything that he's done. I think he doesn't want to let him get away. Yeah, he wants yeah. him. He he's wants. Like, to- I'm going to let you go back to, to living and you're going to fuck up and you're going to end up back with me. Right. It was an interesting dynamic between the two. And I felt like, like, like both you said, he had a lot of time invested in John Constantine. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he wanted to spend some more time with him in his in yeah. his world. Well, so the, here's the thing: the 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 game that's happening between God and the devil, the wager, you know, yeah, slight influences and see if you can turn them towards your side. Right. Whether you can turn them towards good, you can turn them towards bad, and see who collects the most souls at the end of the world. Right? Let's see who has the most souls. That's the game. Right. So in the meantime, anytime a demon breaks the rules, John sends him back to hell. So that's hurting Lucifer's game. Correct. And so that he's like, this guy, 
Mm-mm, yeah. Don't like him, but he, yeah. like you said, I think there's a level of respect because of what he's done, but he doesn't like him. And he's definitely looking to put him through his paces. Now, I thought that the test came a little too quick, though, against uh, Gabriel. It's like the guy just got his soul back uh, six and a half minutes ago. He's not going to blow your head off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he's not dumb. So, well, yeah. I don't think that was even Gabriel testing them. I think that was Gabriel looking for a way out because Gabriel's now human and they don't want to be on the earth. Um, but I think that we were also led to believe that if he had killed her that it would have been back to murder and back to hell. Cuz she's human. I mean, so yes, he would have been murdering I don't think a human. that that's what Gabriel was thinking. I think Gabriel was thinking, "I'm oh fuck, I'm a human." now and i have to f- fucking feel pain and and live this human life and i don't want to because yeah, gabriel was, hates the humans yeah she gabriel was not happy no 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 but had he shot her that would have that would have undone his good deed he would have been back on the naughty list yes yeah so yeah, so i'm that. i'm gonna w- wing us into the end here kids do it john and angela both wake and so does gabriel who's now human they try to go John into killing them, but John opts to punch them in the mouth instead and leaves. Later, John meets Angela and gives her the Spear of Destiny and tells her to hide it where no one, not even him, can find it. She leaves with it, and Constantine jams a piece of gum in his mouth for going the cigarettes. In our post credit scene, John goes to Chaz's gravestone. He leaves his lighter on top of it and tells him that he did good. An angel appears behind him. It's Chaz, and he takes off without a word. That needed to be in the fucking movie. It was. It was at the end no, of the movie. No, that should have been the actual end of the movie. <laughs> it is. It's the post-credit scene, not your. No, fault. again, <laughs> is this a fucking Marvel movie? Like, no, nobody it's is giving me a movie. heads up. What? It's a comic book movie. <sighs> Loosely. Yeah, I honestly like. I would have rather have seen that in the movie. Yes, like me and Mickey both missed it. So obviously, huge mistake. Yeah. yeah. Well. It was what it was, but yeah. And it's funny because when, when when it was over last night, I said, I wonder if I should wait and see if there's anything at the end. And then I'm like, nah. <laughs> and you missed the best part. Yeah. So did I. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, that that ending, I mean, that, that had to be there. Yeah. Uh, so he was ending... something. He was, whether he was a half angel before, if he got it because of his good deeds, I don't know. But he was in a very, an outfit very similar to Gabriel's, that white outfit. And had yeah. wings. And I and will I, say that I'm really, <coughs> excuse me, I'm really glad that they didn't make it all oogie at the end with them kissing or anything. I love that they didn't kiss. I was yeah. like, if I'm going to Especially with the couple of times where they get close or she thinks he's going to and then they yes. don't. I would have been perfect. Because that, that's not what this was about at all. There, Like there was no, and I like that there was no like romance. There was yeah. no like oogie. Oh, I'm going to. I'm, you know, I'm going to fall for her and it's going to fuck me up and it's going to make me vulnerable. I mean, there was enough of it, like the tinge, like when, um, when Midnight says to him, tell me this isn't about a girl. A little bit. And he he says, it's, it's mostly not about a girl. (laughs) And and I did, you know, and I did appreciate that, you know, you realize that he's got his life to live on earth now. So he's got plenty of time and they left it open ended. Like maybe. Yeah. And she said, I'll see you around. Right. Yeah. You know? So Which I was took cool, that. but I'm just I'm really glad that there was no kissing or like yeah. you know I, I took it as they were gonna go out for gumbo and um <laughs> at <laughs> Bubba at Bubba Gums. <laughs> 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 A bowl of gumbo and uh and 
whatever the fuck the place is. Papa Mojo's. Papa Gums. Oh, God. God. Um, Yeah, the end of the movie, like I said, the end of the movie, for me, just screamed of the end of the first Matrix movie. It it was almost the exact same ending. You get the, the... the voiceover with Keanu sitting on the roof looking out over the city. I was waiting for him to fly off. He never did, but I really wish I had seen the end. I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. But yeah, yeah great movie. I, I mean, I don't like this kind of movie normally, but I enjoyed it. I also appreciate that it's like, it's like not, it's a scary movie, but it's not scary. And it it's wasn't. a fantasy right. movie, but it's but it's not too fantasy. It's still a rooted bit of in real. I think. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's a little bit of a comic book movie, but it wasn't too comic book. Like they they just took from these little places and just made a really cool story. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you, I thought The Devil's Advocate was actually scarier than this. Another Keanu oh, movie. Oh, that was a great movie. Yeah, mm, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I thought it was scarier than this. I visit that one. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. So let's do our uh, our rewatch scores. Yes. Mickey, why don't you go first? Okay. So overall, I thought it was really good. Like I said, there was a couple things with like the effects that I thought were a little, um, looking at them now, uh, a little cheesy, but it didn't really deter from the you know how it made me feel. Um, I loved Tilda Swinton as Gabriel. I loved uh, Papa Mojo, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I loved I loved Lucifer, and even you know Gavin Rossdale as Balthazar. Even though I don't like Gavin Rossdale, he did a great job mm-hmm. as Balthazar. Um, so I think, um, and it's Keanu. So I think um, I would probably give this like a three seven five or a four. Okay, so is it a three right. seven five or a four? <laughs> I'm gonna nail you down to one. How about? 3.9. 3.9. She'll make right. it easy on me. To win. <laughs> it's not like you're not going to make it up on your own anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, pretty much everything that Mickey said, you know, a couple of a couple dings for the CGI looking a little cheesy now that we're, you know, 20 years out. And, um, but some, re- I mean, for a, a quote unquote silly comic book movie, some powerhouse performances. Yes. I mean, like some amazing acting, like just really well done. Uh, move the, the movie moves. It doesn't slow down. It never stops. It keeps moving. And you actually feel things for the characters. And um, I'm going to just take a little bit of points off because of uh, the, the CGI being a little cheesy looking back at it, but I'm going to give it a 4.5. Cause I love it. 4.5 for the Lynn. Um, okay. So watching this movie, if this is your jam, this kind of movie's your jam. This will not disappoint. It's a great movie. Um, I'm going to take off just a quarter of a point for the uh, the lack of flushing out the uh, Chaz character. It was a problem for me. Um, with such a tight script, I just am kind of confused on how they, how they missed that. And I feel like we missed some scenes that maybe were cut in the very beginning that explained the character better. But for that reason... I'm going to take off a quarter. I'm going to give this a four, seven, five. I can't even believe Whoa. I'm going to say that. Wow. You're but, giving a better score than me for this. Yeah. I mean, cause I feel like if you dig these kinds of movies, then you would really love this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so with Mickey's 3.9, Dylan's 4.5 and my 0.4.75, <laughs> I think that this movie comes out to uh, 4.6. Yeah, that's three. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is 4.63. If you have not seen this movie, Constantine, 
What are you waiting for? Go see this fucking great movie. All right. So next week, we will be back with the second installment of Tony's Tales of Terror, where we will be discussing a movie that is called The Strangers. Yes. This is a movie I definitely have never seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys know I love watching these slasher films. Um, Dylan, please tell the listeners where they can find the podcast and request a movie of their own or just leave feedback begging me to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a Gmail. It's, hey, did you ever see that movie at gmail.com? We have an Instagram. Hey, did you ever see that movie? We have Facebook. Hey, did you ever see that movie? We have a, a Twitter now. We now have a Twitter. Ooh. And it said, hey, did you ever see that movie? So you can find us in all these places. And uh, we're slowly crawling our way into the new century and um, trying to actually get our names out there. So, Hell you yeah. know, give us, a, give us a ring. Give us an email. Send, message us on Twitter. If you want to hear a movie, let us know. And we're, we're, we're open to some suggestions. Yes, and we, we've got a uh, we've got a uh, listener request coming up in three weeks. I think we're going to be I doing so. it on March fourth, and we're going to be doing Airheads for Richard Bone Daddy Camberello. So until then, Delyn, you know I love watching movies in separate rooms and then discussing them with you, <laughs> Mickey. It's always fun. We're going to go. Out, we're going to have some gumbo when you come to town. Thank you for joining us and go bowling. And, and go bowling so you guys can see my virtuoso style. And thank you to all the listeners that stopped by and listened to the show. Until next time, let me ask you just one question. Hey, did you ever see that movie? See you next time. Bye. Bye. Three, two, one. <laughs> 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 Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're always saying this. I'm dying here. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Shall we? Let's bring this serious. All right. <laughs> oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, I said to myself, this movie is no laughs, no yucks. <laughs> tonight, and I'm being 10 minutes in. Oh. Okay. All right. You want right, to you know soft that in for me again? Since it's going to be such a dismal podcast, I'm going to have to leave all those yucks in. Dylan, <laughs> would, so. like would you like to give us a synopsis? <laughs> <laughs> As a suicide survivor, demon hunter John Constantine. <laughs> I'm dying here. That was a hatchet job.